We've demonstrated the Bible is credible, that Jesus lived. We've helped our friends see that Christianity is the only religion whose founder is still alive. Now we're at a decisive moment in our conversation. Decisive. It's fish or cut bait time. It's the fork in the road. It's gut check time. We're going to ask the question next on Interman Radio. Welcome to Interman Radio, where we accomplish more than we thought we could through Christ's power working in us, regardless of what your pastor said last week. Hey guys, let's drop the excuses, let's pick up our Bibles, and prepare to win. The people we've talked to so far, Mark, at this point, have confidence in the Scripture's authority. Well, they should, because we've uh, taken them kind of down a trail here of showing them some archaeological evidence, some scriptural evidence, some scientific evidence all of which dovetail with the Scripture and confirm that what's there is believable. So where is this all leading us? We've gone through the... the, We've taken the pains to establish... Hey, there goes my computer alarm system. Uh, Beep, 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 beep. (laughs) We've taken the pains to go through through the... Okay, I'm trying to make it Keep through going. this. All right, Keep right, going. Keep right. going. Push through. All right. We've t- but now I have to close out this window because it's covering up what I'm supposed to be saying. Don't, let, don't okay. let that hold you back. Okay, Just right, right. focus. Focus. Where were we? Where's it leading us? Where's this leading us? We've taken lots of pains. We've gone through yeah. lots of steps. Yeah. Where, where are we going? Where are we going here? We're going to one inescapable question. Ooh, all right. It's inescapable. In What's Ma- for lunch? <laughs> uh, that only happens once, at, well, sometimes twice a day. <clears throat> Jesus asked this question of the disciples. Jesus wanted to know, who do you say that I am? you talking about Matthew 16? I am. Okay. He says uh, in, in verse 13, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he began asking his disciples, he said, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they said, well, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or maybe one of the prophets. He said to them, who do you say that I am? This is a, this is a really popular, famous passage of scripture where Jesus asks the disciples, and, and Peter answers uh, fabulously on their behalf. He says, I know who you are. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus then goes on to say, on that foundation, I'm going to build my church. But that really is the bedrock for any kind of relationship with God, is a recognition of who Jesus is. But you can't escape that question. So we're building to the point here where we're going to be asking that question. And trying to give people enough information so that they can answer it. Okay, so this is the basis of salvation. Everything Answering hinges right here. Okay, this is a pivotal point, guys. Uh, Romans 10, uh, 8 through 10, discusses that a person's confession of who Jesus is is what salvation hinges on. It does. What does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall... Be safe. Okay, okay. Not to take away from that verse. But I have, I have one more verse here. Well, you do. Yeah. With oh. the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Oh, okay. okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. No. Finish your thought. No, no. That's it. Yeah, I'm done I'm, now. You're done. Okay. All right. Okay, good. Okay, so this, what does it mean when we say, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Because I have to be honest, 
that is so Christianese sounding. Yeah, isn't it, it is. And, and, and we've heard that verse a million times. And for the person listening to this, it's, it's almost become cliche. It shouldn't, but in our culture, it has. He's Lord of what? He's Lord of everything except for my Netflix account. <laughs> I don't know if God's sovereignty extends no. online. Well, they didn't have Netflix back that, then. That's right. That's yeah. right. We would never say that. I mean, n- nobody, nobody who claims to be a Christian would make the claim, you know, Jesus is Lord of my life, but he's not Lord of my internet. He's not Lord of my Netflix. He's not Lord of my iTunes playlist. He's not Lord of bowling night. Bowling night? Bowling night. Do they have bowling? It's different now. It's different. There's a light You're wearing a bowling shirt, man. No, it's a camp shirt. It's a camp shirt. Okay. All right. No. So I guess the point we're getting here, we're getting to, is that it's one thing to say, I confess Jesus is Lord. And then that does it. He made the confession. He's a Christian. It's close enough. Yeah. That is not what we're talking about. No, it really isn't. Because making the confession with your mouth and saying those words, Jesus is Lord, is different than acknowledging with our life, Yes, I'm going to submit my life to you. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus said in Matthew 7, it's going to be the guys who do what I said, not just gave lip service to the fact that Jesus is Lord. There's a lot of people who, frankly, give a lot of lip service to Jesus being Lord, but they don't actually back it up when it comes to what they do. Right. Jesus is Lord, except on these Hunt, days. Or, hunting with the guys. Well, I mean, I don't know if we need to. I don't know if we need to talk about that because that only happens, you know, yeah. once a year. So. Well, and plus, that's meddling that's, at that point. If we go too far in yeah. people's lives, we need to give them the freedom to make those choices. That's true. There's yeah. freedom in Christ. That's yeah. right. Okay. Well, he's Lord of everything except for my schedule. Well, you know, sometimes my schedule conflicts with other commitments. Yeah, that's true. It's, I mean, you know, Sunday mornings can be difficult. I sometimes have scheduled some sleeping in time on Sunday and really? takes a long time to read the paper on it's Sunday. Starting Does anybody read su- the paper? No. No, no I can tell you first. They go right after bowling. Subscriptions <laughs> are going down. Okay. But, but, you know, and also starting in September uh-huh. and ending in February sometime, February. Oh. there is that. Dun, 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 dun. Bum, 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 Okay. Bum, 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 Yes, that's right. All those cheese heads and Hawk fans and Saints fans out there, they know exactly what we're talking about. Yep, that's right. It's easy to say Jesus is Lord. I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord, but what about making him Lord. And that's really what this conversation we're having about making disciples. Disciple comes from the word mathetes, I believe, isn't it? In the Greek, which means one who's practicing that which they're learning. And a disciple of Christ is one who's willing to practice what Christ did. And when we say Jesus is Lord, we're saying, Lord, you are the one who's in charge of my life. And that's really the question that we're aiming to get to. Who is Jesus, right? really. And we need more than a superficial answer for this. You know, you can't become a Christian, all of you, except for your wallet. Conversion includes your back pocket. Conversion includes your conversation. Conversion includes your priorities. Conversion includes where you're going to live. It includes who you're going to hang out with. Those things all fall under the heading. If Jesus is Lord, then we're trying to learn what is pleasing to him. 
So what we're leading our friends and neighbors to in this conversation is to that question. And it really is a good opportunity for us to ask ourselves at the same time. Yeah, it is. And, and do some reevaluation. Guys, are we saying, hey, Jesus is Lord of my life, and I, I love the Lord, but I'm entertained by what the world's entertained by. Yeah. I love the Lord, but I spend my time on what the world spends their time on. I love the Lord, but I laugh at the jokes the world laugh at, laughs at. I love the Lord, but I dress like the world dresses. I love the Lord, but I use my money the way the world uses their money. So anyway. We, yeah, I think it we, has to be an all-encompassing. Yeah. If Jesus is Lord, live like it. it, it it's got to show. It's got to show. So back to the question then. Uh, who did Jesus say he was? Well, Jesus made some really bold statements. And uh, one of those we want to look at now. It's in John chapter 8. When Jesus is having a rather heated discussion with the Jewish leaders of his day, uh, there's some name-calling going oh, on. Oh, that's there's, always fun. Oh, yeah. And they didn't pull any punches with him. No. In, uh, in verse 56, Jesus said to them, he said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And they thought, all right, he's really flipped out. Because we think of Jesus as living a long time ago, you know, almost 2,000 years from our perspective. Uh-huh. But... Let's remember that Abraham lived as much before Jesus as we live after Jesus. 2,000 years. Right. Yeah. So this would be similar to somebody walking up to you today and saying, Hey, listen, I've seen Jesus. Right. Sure you have. Right. And that's kind of what they said to him in verse 57. The Jews therefore said to him, You're not even 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? And Jesus' yeah. response to them is, is a hand grenade. He says, truly I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Now, I, I am what? Well, I'm what? well, if I am biblically illiterate, then I didn't get the significance of what Jesus just said. Because the Jews who were with him certainly did. They picked up stones to throw at him. Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Wait, all because he just said, I am? Yeah, because well, he said, what? I am. What's the big deal? Two well, little words, the, what? Yeah, the big deal is is two little words that are the specific name for God in the Old Testament. So when, uh, when for instance, God speaks to Moses, he initially introduces this. He says, Moses, you're going to go free the people out of Egypt. And Moses says, well, okay. And they come to an agreement there. But Moses asks, he said, well... The guys may want to know what your name is. Yeah. And the Lord says, okay, well, tell them this. Tell them that I am has sent you. And that is his name. I am. We would sometimes call that Yahweh, or if we Englishize it a little bit, it's Jehovah. But, uh, but that is the name that is reserved for God alone in the Old Testament. And Jesus claims that in John chapter 8 and says, before Abraham was born, he said, not only did I see Abraham... He said, I was there long before Abraham. Mm -hmm. He said, I have always been. I am the same guy who spoke to Moses in the burning bush. I am the same guy who shook the mountain at Sinai when the Israelites came and and worshipped at the base of it. He said, I am that guy. I am the God who has always been. And that's why they tried to kill him, because according to the Jewish law, he had blasphemed. So here's Jesus saying, I am God. God. That's right. Yes. With all everything that that means, I am the one true God. No wonder why they picked up stones. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. Really. I yeah. mean, if somebody came today, guys, and claimed that, we'd, 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 we'd commit them to a psychiatric ward or something. But back then, 
it was it's and it still would be blasphemy, That's complete right. blasphemy. Uh, and a side note, Mark, while you're looking that up, there's there's um, there's a lot behind those two words. I am. Mm-hmm. If a person wants to dig into that and study, it's it's real significant that God uses that title to describe Himself back in Exodus three. That'd be a great study to get into sometime. It sure would. It sure would. Here's another one that Jesus just kind of drops on these guys. In uh, John chapter 12, John 12, in verse 35, he says, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, that darkness may not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, in order that you may become sons of light. Now John adds some commentary. He says, These things Jesus spoke, and he departed and hid himself from them. That's That's the Jews. But though Jesus had performed so many signs before them, yet they were not believing in him. That the word of Isaiah the prophet would be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. For this cause they could not believe, for Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes, hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes, perceive with their heart, be converted, and I heal them. Here's the verse we really need to get to in verse 41. These things Isaiah said because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Let's see if we can unpack that a little bit. Okay. John quotes from Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah has this awesome vision. He sees the Lord exalted, the train of his robe filling the temple. He sees cherubim calling out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, the Almighty, who was and is, is to come. He sees all that by revelation, and Isaiah says, Man, I am in the wrong place. I don't belong here. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. After he sees that vision, then the Lord speaks to him, and he says, I got a job. He says, Who will go for us, and who can I send? And Isaiah raises his hand, as it were, and says, Here am I, Lord, send me. Right. So the Lord says, Okay, Isaiah, I got a job for you. You're going to go to the people, and you're going to give them this rather cryptic message. And it's the one that's quoted here in John chapter 12. That is, he has blinded, the, blinded their eyes, he has hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes, perceive with their heart, be converted, and I heal them. He says, you're going to go and speak to this people, but they're not going to get it. They're not going to realize what it is you're trying to tell them. But verse, 40, verse 41 is really important because he says that the guy that Isaiah saw when he had that vision quoted in verse 40, the guy that Isaiah saw who was lofty and exalted, the train of whose robe was filling the temple, and the one who is specifically called Jehovah of hosts in that passage is the same one that here John calls him. These things Isaiah said because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many even of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees they were not confessing him. Who's him? Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Well, who's the guy that the Pharisees were unwilling to confess? Jesus. Yeah. He's the guy that even though he'd performed so many signs around them in verse 37, yet they were not believing. And if anyone did confess Christ, they were thrown out of the synagogue. John says that Isaiah saw him, saw Jesus, but he saw him in that revelation where he sees Jehovah of hosts seated on the throne. Wait, so... Connecting the dots. Connect the dots. Je- Isaiah sees Jehovah of hosts. Right. Seated on the throne. Yes. John says that he was prophesying about him. Yep. The Jesus that the Pharisees weren't believing in. That's right. Ergo, 
to the two are one and the same. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. He is the God that Isaiah saw on his throne, lofty and exalted. That's the one. So when a person says, going back to Romans 10, confessing Jesus as Lord. Lord. It's confessing that Jesus is I am. Yes, that Jesus is all of who God is. And sometimes people... Pay attention, all right? Because some of you think, "Come on, oh, I know up, that up. Jesus is Lord." I mean, we learned that. Of yes, course. of course, yes. Jesus is God, and God is God, and the Father is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. But sometimes in our minds, we have this disconnect where there's like God, the big God, the Father, yeah. and then Jesus is kind of like the subordinate kid, you know, that God sends to go do what needs to get done, and that is not an accurate representation of God. Jesus is everything about God in the flesh. He is God in the flesh. He is the Father. He is the Son. The God who spoke to Moses, the God who spoke to Abraham, the God who spoke to the prophets in the Old Testament, that's the God that we say when we confess Jesus is Lord. It's the whole shooting match. That makes the cross so much more significant because it's not some almost demigod being sent to do the, the, to dirty, do the work dirty work. Or, yeah. yeah, It's all of God who is on the cross. It's all of God who made the heavens and the earth, who bleeds, and all of God who dies on the cross because he loved you that much. That's that's a big deal, man. And it's so easy to gloss over that because we use the same terms, and yeah, Jesus is Lord, and, and we don't stop to think about, wow, the same God who said, let there be light, is the same God who said, why have you forsaken me? The same God who said, my name is I Am to Moses, is the, guy, is the guy who said, I am thirsty. And who finally said, into your hands I commit my spirit, and he dies. That's a big deal. And people got to realize that. This is, this is more than just, you know, color by number, recite this clever little nuance, this cliche, and, and all is good. They got to grasp who it is that Jesus represents. All right, what's next? You know what? Let's finish up in Acts chapter 28 here. Acts 28 quotes the same passage from Isaiah and John about keep on hearing but not understand, keep seeing but will not perceive. In the Acts 28 context, we find it used of some Jews who came to see Paul at his rented quarters in Rome. In verse 23, when they had set a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in large numbers. And he was explaining to them by solemnly testifying about the kingdom of God and trying to persuade them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and from the prophets from morning until evening. Some were being persuaded by the things spoken, but others would not believe. When they didn't agree with one another, they began leaving. After Paul had spoken one parting word, the Holy Spirit rightly spoke through Isaiah the prophet to your fathers, and then he lays it on them. The heart of this people has become dull with their ears. They scarcely hear. They've closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, return, and I should heal them. What they do not see, hear, or understand is that Jesus is Lord. That is the big message of the book of Acts. Jesus is all of God in the flesh. And as a result, what? As a result, you can see what happens when guys figure that out. For instance, Peter's message in Acts chapter 2 He goes through and he quotes a lot of the Old Testament prophets and he arrives at this conclusion, Therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Their response immediately is, 
What shall we do? What do we do? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> See, they recognize, oh, that's bad. Right? I mean, crucifying crucifying God in the flesh ranks really high on the naughty list. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you mean that Lord? Yes. Yeah. He said, Jesus, this Jesus whom you crucified is King and Messiah. So they immediately ask the question, oh my, what do we do now? Yeah, what do what I do, do with now? this? It's heavy stuff, really. When somebody gets that and that realization hits them, that is their next question. What do I do about it? Mark, that's a very poignant, heavy thought. Very. Of, of, uh, we're going to take a little bit of break fr- okay. from that. It does remind me of... of um, a game that we're about to play. Oh, a yes. game. I love okay. games. And I think we should play a game um, that's, that we... In fact, let's call it, let's call it Name That Worship Tune. <laughs> and so so we're going to name a worship song, but we're going to give some hints. All right, okay. Some hints. And so, so here we are. Uh, All right, Jeremy is, City, this is for you because you've you got you've got a you've got a great reservoir uh, of uh, of uh, of Christian worship songs. Mikel Barry, you should be able to pick this out too. Uh, you you know all the cool stuff, so this okay. will be right up your alley, uh, guys. Here, all right, all right. So yeah. this one was introduced by a popular Christian artist with a checkered past. All right, so kind of do a little mental inventory here while the music plays, uh-huh. and uh, and and see if you can so kind of sort that out in your mind. Popular Christian. artist. Artist, okay. A little bit of a troubled, a little bit little of a troubled past. Past. And by All the right. way, the song that we're playing in the background right now isn't necessarily the song. We're just doing that for ambiance. That's right. That's All right, right. right. Just uh, make the game. Now, this one is a good-looking Christian artist. Yes. However you define good-looking. Is, is, is this a man or a woman? Uh, sure. Okay. All right. Okay. No hints on that no side. Hints no on hints on that one. Okay. Does the, uh, does the chorus line... Repeat often. It's it does repeat often. It's repetitive. Ah, okay. Repetitive, All right. And it All right. does not require much thought when you're repeating. Okay, so the words are generally the same, or or just a few words. Uh, just a few words. A few words. Repeat it over, repeat and they're not long. Often. They're not long. There's no Short Ebenezer words. mentioned in this one. <laughs> okay, we're not lifting our Ebenezer. Okay? All right. Okay. okay. That's All right. good. All right. Um, okay. see, How else? was it, was it popular? Very popular. It made it to the the charts on Christian radio. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it All did. Right. It did. Right. That's not bad. Yeah. And, and it, would I have seen it somewhere? It was a. Yeah, you probably would have seen a hip video, you know, on YouTube. Yeah. Is that spelled H Y P? H Y P. Yes. Okay. So it's there's a, a there's a uh, there's a happening video. All right. And it and it deals with issues of regret and shame and redemption and grace and love. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All yeah. Right. All right. Okay, so all of you musicologists out there, mm-hmm. Chris, scratch your heads. Let's see if you can, let's see if you can figure that out. Are you thinking? Wow. You thinking? You, you're, wow. You're, you're I think chewing? I have some. You guess? It, uh-huh. 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 What do you got? Time's up. Time's up. I, uh, I, sc- I scratch my brain. If you guys out there, you've probably written down a few of your uh, of your favorite songs. Yes. Things that uh, things you think might be a winner on on today's game. Yes. Uh huh. Any? Well, um, you know, as I thought about, there were a few of them that kind of met that category. Yeah. 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 I thought um, actually several. Yes. Several kind of several kind of. Okay. Kind you're, of met those criteria that, that we that we mentioned. You're getting warmer. Yeah. Getting warmer. Was, um, S- several. In fact, there was. I would say most of, yes. of the uh, of the yeah. Christian praise and, and worship song. In can, fact, I, I think can you be more all specific? of them. I think all of all them. Yeah, would is, follow that. Is all, all your answer? All is my answer. Ding 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 ding. I won! 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 I
Congra congratulations, you are the winner for this week's yes. game. Name that Christian praise and worship song. All right, now that we've alienated, <laughs> our, just like our goal on Interman Radio uh -huh. is to alienate every person at least once. You know, so. I think everyone should be challenged like iron sharpens iron. Yes, no. is that what we are? We are iron. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> All right, so a bit of a humorous moment there, hopefully, but we're coming back to a really big question that we're leaving the person with that we're, we're studying with. Yeah, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Now, do you have any recommendations on how we're posing this question? Well, nobody gets a pass on this one. Uh, nobody gets nobody gets by going through life without dealing with this question. Some people may not want to deal with it. They may put it aside. They may choose not to answer it. But the fact remains <clears throat> that they're going to be held accountable for that choice, whether they make it or whether they choose to, to, to set it aside. Everybody has to deal with that question. There is a God. Jesus is him. So when we're talking with people about who Jesus is, and shown them through the scriptures what it says about the Lord, then we need to set that in their lap. Jesus does that with Peter. He says, okay, to all the guys, who do you say that I am? He asks him, what does everybody else think? Okay, that's fine. But then he dials it down to deal with these guys specifically, and he says, who do you say that I am? That really is the only question that matters for us and for the people we're working with. Who do we say? Who do I choose to believe that Jesus is based on the evidence of the Word of God? And this is a little bit tricky for people, but you really have to leave this thing in their lap. And you've got to make them squirm with that evidence. It ha they've got to come to a conclusion here. So what you're saying in condensed version is we have to ask the question, who do you say Jesus is, and shut up. Yeah, and make them answer it. What happens oftentimes is people who are, are trying to help others through Bible study want to take all the steps for them. They want to fill in all the blanks for them on the paper so that their, so that their disciple gets it all right. Mm -hmm. And this, you can't do that. This has to be their deal. This has to be them coming to a conclusion and being willing to speak it out loud that I made that choice, that I believe this about Jesus. If we just continue to talk over them the whole time, well, I'm glad you learned something new today and blah, 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 and we send them home, <clears throat> they didn't ever have to make a choice. They didn't have to sign on the dotted line. They could just as easily put it out of their mind and say, you know what, that's very interesting, it's good information, I'll deal with that later. No, it's time to deal with that now. So what does that sound like, Mark? I'll, I'll, be, the, I'll be the person that you're discipling. It sounds like, <clears throat> Jason, you know, we looked at all kinds of archaeological evidence, some scientific evidence, some, uh, some scriptural evidence, and all of those things point to the same conclusion about Jesus. Who do you think Jesus is? And then, like you said, just shut up and let them struggle with that question. Okay, so if I answer, I come back and say, I believe what the Bible says about Jesus. I believe that it's representing what he said accurately. I believe he is Lord. I believe he's God. Now what? Now the next steps are going to start to take care of themselves. <clears throat> because if that really is their position, then the natural question, like we talked about earlier, is what shall I do? Point me in the right direction. I recognize who Jesus is. Now, how can I make it right? And we'll get into that next week on, on Inner Man Radio. Radio.